everyone, and welcome to episode 72 of the Portsmouth Running Podcast. As always, I am your show host, Daniel Del Piccolo, and I'm joined by my lovely friend and super co-host, David Harvey. Dave, how are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. You're, uh, I was going to say you're my brother from another mother just then. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't want to sound too ghetto, but it seems to have done uh, it anyway. You, you did that little bit just there, a little bit more enthusiastically than the uh, technical error that finished, that stopped the first one. So I know, congratulations I know. on that kind of, the, the dress <laughs> rehearsal was good. Yeah, maybe maybe we just needed that just to kind of like spice things up a bit. Yeah, we did. We, we tried to record earlier and had a technical technical hitch. But we always we always work around these things. It's all it's it's all good. How how are you keeping though? You okay? You good? I um I'm okay, man. Um yeah, I guess you know life life is okay. The sun is finally shining today after like the most grim wet weekends that oh. had felt winter yesterday. I know. I know. And uh, we were sort of I like texting my family in the morning saying what's everyone up to today because it looks like we're staring down the barrel of a day inside. And the only thing that I did end up doing was going out to buy some coffee beans and then coming back and we spent all day just kind of like moping around the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, like totally unrunning related. These last uh, couple of weeks, I've got into baking sourdough. Oh, that's interesting. Is yeah, man, it's an it's an interesting process, but it's it's a um, it's it's not an exact science but it's a labor of love because it takes like that making the starter can take five to ten days and then the process of making a loaf it like the first one took about 24 hours and the second one was about 15 to 20 hours from start to finish yeah so it's it's a kind of strange old process where you um you make a starter and you use the sugars from yeast from natural yeast and, and the natural yeast in the air to create like a foamy yeasty starter ah. um, and then you use that and you feed it and you feed it daily like to keep it alive that and, sounds um, like a bloody creature yeah it's, <laughs> it, yeah it's like this live foamy like ball of like yeasty foam that's that you keep in the fridge and you feed it a couple of times a week after you've done a couple of loaves and okay. basically it can last you pretty much for the rest of time Wow. So there's like stories of people around like the world that who have a sourdough starter that's like 70 or 80 years old. No way. Just kept going and they're still making like uh, loaves out of their original sourdough starter. That's incredible. So it's like yeah. like some kind of organism that just keeps producing the bread or kept making the bread. Yeah, as long as you keep on feeding it, then it's all good. So I've been doing that over the weekend. Did one yesterday, but. I don't know what it was, but we were farting like monsters yesterday. <laughs> and the only thing that's changed is my homemade sourdough bread. Free tailwind in the run, yeah. dude. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know. I know we hadn't planned to talk about this, but when you asked me what I was doing, that's the main kind of change recently. That's actually but pretty like, cool, though. That's pretty cool because, like, sour. I think when I go to the shop and I see a sourdough loaf, it's normally the one I go for because they're really dense really kind of like soft and chewy on the inside and normally have like a nice crust on them so so how have they yeah. how have they been turning out they're, yeah really good really good and they you, do you know how like you, the set the sign of a good sourdough for me is it looks a little bit burnt and yeah. it's got loads of holes in it like so when you cut into it it's like there's like less bread okay and for me that is like the sign of a decent sourdough so the first one um i did uh whilst in the middle of a week at work and it started to get a bit late so 
was going through the process of folding it and because you don't really need to knead it okay so you you give it a, a series of folds and you do that every half an hour for a couple of hours and then you shape it and then you put it into a banneton basket and um, but i cut cut a couple of corners because it was getting a bit late mm-hmm. so when i went to get it out of the fridge about 24 hours later because if you if you slow ferment it in the fridge it will make for a kind of tangier sourdough loaf okay um but because i i cut a corner shaping it it was a little bit flat but it still rose and there was still like um some holes in it the second one i did i did after a long run yesterday so i put it in the fridge friday night yeah and i thought well it'd be perfect to bake around sort of 11 12 o'clock tomorrow so went for a 19 20 mile run yesterday morning and came back and do you know I'm, I'm sure you feel this after you've been running and you've, you you lack a little bit of kind of mental clarity and yeah. you might make mistakes you might burn yourself in the kitchen because <laughs> you're a little bit depleted you know yeah. that kind of thing and I went to went to put it in the oven and you, you sort of put it out on a bit of baking parchment first and then in a Dutch oven like casserole dish um and but i messed that up because i wasn't concentrating and then it stuck to the side and then it started to deflate so i was like fucking hell what have i done i've just ruined like (laughs) 20 hours of bread making and uh went out and looked all sad in front of ever (laughs) but actually it came out absolutely like almost perfect with big holes in it and oh, wow. it's really kind of chewy and tangy it was awesome so oh, nice one. Oh, dude you, <laughs> you, you've turned into a proper bread making geek <laughs> since the last well, recording <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm one of these people that's a little bit all or nothing so yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. the next few weeks i'll probably be like totally into it i look forward to sampling and, the goods uh, dave if i can if i can yeah. if you can make us a nice um sourdough loaf um for after our next run when i eventually get my ass up to the uh, south downs yeah, that'd be amazing so I'll, I'll write like hope and mac 3 in it or something like, like mac x dave mac, mac x. x okay oh sorry sorry <laughs> so sorry so I, did I you saw see you went, yeah, you I was went out for a uh, trip in brighton didn't you for a hoka yeah um, so Ho- so hoka have just released Seth. yeah their mac their mac x shoe which is like a I guess it's like, you know, John Cosgrove, who, funny enough, every, most people will know is Pickled John on, on Instagram. He he best described the shoe. He said it was like somebody had taken the new Hoka Rocket X2 and let it have sex with a, with a Mac 5. And this, <laughs> and this was the baby. This this was the shoe that came out at the end. <laughs> right, okay. It's like, yeah, it's it's really nice. It's like an everyday shoe, but it it has the same exactly the same bounce feel to the as the rocket x2 does but it doesn't give you the same returns obviously because the rocket x2 has got like a far more like material in it to make you go faster and and, and the yeah. plate the proper plate inside but it gives you exactly the same feel so it just like when you're out on them you're just bouncing along like a labrador and it's yeah yeah it's, a, it's like a obviously it's not as pricey as the rocket x2 so it's like they advertise the shoe as as all the speed for your everyday runs pretty much and yeah. and, it, and it is it is that it's it's really nice it's a good shoe but yeah we went to brighton we we kind of or john set up uh his kind of like mac x tour as it was um as it was as it was slated in the run company brighton and i went over there for about five o'clock and went to the shop bought some goodies for everyone to have and and people just turned up tried the shoes on uh john had an awesome like balloon game set up where we had to we had to so everyone had mac mac um x's on their feet and there were probably about 50 or 60 people there so it was quite it was quite big we all ran down to the seafront in them then everyone had to undo their shoelaces 
and we formed six teams of six people and we got basically three on one side of the promenade and three on the other and you had to sprint to your next line of people and then do up their shoelaces hand them a balloon and then they had to sprint back to the other side and do the same thing and it was the first team that finished right um but yeah it was good it was actually it's a really good way to kind of do it because obviously people trying those shoes on you want them to have like a nice little run around feel feel bounce under the under the shoe yeah. but then also give them a, a chance to kind of feel the pace and the speed that they yeah. get from from the shoe as well so it was good it was really good really good nice house and i recommend anybody who sees those those runs advertised in their areas try to get down to them because because john's a good john's a good guy he knows so much yeah. about the shoes if you want to go and try hoker on there he's, he's, a, he's a great guy to, to kind of tag on to and some of us racers like the hoka racers tend to go down and join in with the evening and help out as well occasionally but that's no, good the, the, the most important thing about that is that did you win the balloon game no we didn't <laughs> our team came about have you ever tried to tie a shoe the other way around like when someone's standing facing you like like if a child put their foot out and said can you tie my shoelace dad or whatever yeah. it is it's so bloody hard because it's you know the shoe kind of like goes upwards away from you rather than downwards away from you so yeah. you just can't get that same kind of like loop around your finger feel yeah. so it took yeah, me bloody yeah. ages to tie my uh to tie my team's sh- uh, shoes up and it was all a yeah. bit of a faff but it was good it was it was such good fun and they did a raffle dave at the end of the night they gave away a, a free pair of, of mac oh, as well it's right. awesome yeah. so i've been thinking about like um shoe choices for for sparta obviously because um i want to you know it's sort of one of those races that you get the right stuff for it to make you quick and mm. comfortable really because that's it i think it's one of those kind of uh trade-offs isn't it like sometimes that do you want to have like a fast shoe that isn't very cushioned or yeah. do you want to have a really comfortable shoe that's super cushioned but will take away a little bit of that kind of return yeah and I know. there's a couple of pairs of shoes that do a little bit of both and i reckon that probably i don't think vapor flies a part of that even though i did wear them for a 200 mile race they were comfortable but they they were a bit narrow whereas the alpha flies i think are wider and more cushions and more springy and i think yeah i've been considering those and that rocket x2 that you reckon is is absolutely banging and made you fly around the chichester thing and park run didn't it yeah i've, I've worn my rocket x2s for two well i say races like like runs that i was trying to target a pb in obviously parkrun don't count as a race but yeah both times they've just given me so much return in how i feel and and the pace that i've managed to to pb both times so there's definitely the, the shoes are good but i'm not yeah. sure like you tend to get on well with your it's a vapor flyers that you, that you had in the tunnel yeah i really liked them it likes because when i used to run with some people at work when we'd get up in the morning and go before we did like an inspection or something we would yeah. go and and they would always comment that I ran like a gazelle and was like really bouncy. Yeah, but I've got fo- I've got footage of you running in those in those trainers when you first got them, and you do you do look like you give like more of a like a like a kick at the back yeah. of your stride and stuff like that. So you do look pretty springy in them. Yeah, they definitely do that. It's, there is it's when the carbon plate kind of pings that you propel forward, isn't it? Mm. And um, it's a toe off. Yeah, yeah. In recent years, I've I've lost that kind of zip and that bounce. Whereas wearing those, it gives you that back and it makes mm. you feel like you're running like a youthful, you know, strong and young person again. <laughs> yeah. And I think like I've, I've recently heard a couple of have you, have you ever I don't know if you've ever had a chance to listen to the Running Channel podcast. They've got a really good show um, at the moment. It's it's really polished, 
um, really knowledgeable, knowledgeable people on the show and stuff again. They were talking and they did a show recently about like, should everyone wear shoe, super shoes? I think it was or something about that. And mm. and I remember listening to another one as well before that about, you know, when at what point would a super shoe give you a return? Because obviously Sparta, your race, Spartathlon yeah. coming up is 153 miles in Greece. It's on road, which is good, mostly on road. Is the pace that you're going to be running worth the alpha flyer return? Is it going to be giving you that 4% yeah. whatever it is? Or yeah. even if it doesn't, if, it, if it's just giving you like a bit more spring in your step, it's gonna it's gonna move you along quicker than a flat yeah. than a flatter fuel shoe. I think. I don't know. I I think I think you know you won the tunnel obviously like with those shoes. So I think I think you'd be good wearing one of the one of the Nike yeah. shoes because you I tend think, to get on well with them. Yeah, I think I definitely definitely going to take carbon plates with one, even though they're like sickeningly expensive, and that just makes me depressed that how expensive things are nowadays. And I don't want to mm. sound like I need to tuck my beard in and i'm a granddad or anything but <laughs> like it, it almost seems that there's now this like massive market of every shoe is a specific type of shoe mm, mm, so okay. there'll be like trail ones that are good for rocks or trail ones that are good for mud or trail ones that are good for fell road ones that are good for long distance these ones are good for short distance these ones are good for any distance but not if you're doing this and you're like well bloody hell i just want a pair of shoes yeah and i always had yeah. a little bit of faith in the hope of clifton for road running and then salomon sense rides for um trail but mm, mm. You know, it's also quite right that they're both, neither of those are good for everything either. So, yeah. but, um, you know, I think, I think there's, there's benefit of wearing carbon ones when it comes to like race day. But I think that in my mind, it, it, this isn't scientific or anything that you would probably more benefit more from doing your speed sessions in normal shoes so that you build up that kind of like natural strength and speed without that kind of extra kick from the yeah. you get from a carbon plate yeah. does that make yeah. sense so I, I, I when it comes agree. to race day that you've got that extra boost yep that Absolutely. you've not had before but you've got the strength of using kind of like crap shoes for so yeah I, I i agree i won't do any training in in anything like yeah in those rocket x2s for example i won't do any of my training in them yeah but i'll race in them and and equally yeah. who, who wants to wear a two or three hundred pound shoe just to go to the park run every day or you know like go and do your 45 minute recovery run and stuff like that you know it's just a total waste so yeah i don't think i don't think i would even if i could have even if i had like 20 pairs in the water i don't think i would because yeah you want to you want to kind of train with that shoe that's i don't know in a way i don't know whether this is right to think think this way but that you know it's going to going to make you work the most in the training session it's not going to take anything away yeah. from the physical effort you're trying to put in but no. i don't know it's uh it's but, all a it's all a gamble but i guess like yeah like you say it's expensive and you're you're going to be forking out 200 and, i mean i think the alpha flies are like 260 or 270 or something it's something like that i don't think i'd buy them if they weren't in the sale or Gosh. something to be honest it's just then again so much. then again david spartathlon and it's a big once in a lifetime kind of thing and yeah like, you're all in so so on that i was I, I was looking at um jason skiro who completed it from portsmouth he sent me some details of the race that he got sent by his coach when he was doing it okay and it was so helpful but it was down to the detail that i never ever think about because okay. i'm i'm i wouldn't say i'm a massive details person i'm like you know when's my flight what's my hotel when's the race start that's the okay. kind of like detail that i need i don't i don't then go deeper than that because i think you know i it just would i think confuse me but it was in all this detail and it was like well that that is really helpful um, but there was a link saying 
don't use a, a race vest try a handheld bottle and i was like well yes okay so if i'm going to do that no i don't want to have a race vest like hugging it if it's going to be 40 or 50 degrees c yeah let's have a look at the handheld so i went on to just googled like handheld water bottles for running you know and the usual came up the salomon one a ud one an onyx one you know like a kalenji one and uh what did you go for like the load of good reviews for this ultimate direction clutch bag it was cool and i was like oh clutch bag i've always fancied one of those um so uh ordered this ultimate direction clutch bag bottle which is quite literally one soft bottle and they must have seen me coming it was one soft <laughs> bottle with like a handle on it with a zip for a couple of gels or something okay. like or a bank card or your keys or something mm-hmm. yeah 37 pounds 49 for a, a bottle and is it one of those big thick gray bottles with a big turny lid i don't know it looks like one of those you know like a normal soft flask that you bite the top of and the water comes out <laughs> i was like okay. and i quite often run, run around the country park just like holding a soft bottle anyway without a handle yeah yeah, yeah. So i know that you don't need the handle but I was like, well, you know, maybe if I'm tired, then I might yeah. not. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. Yeah, it might be. It might be worth it actually. Those and also a thing with those ultimate direction bottles. I don't know whether whether anybody else has experienced this listening, but they they tend to to only um send out now their BPA free bottles, so you get less okay. of like plastic taste. Oh yeah, you hate that, don't you? Oh, mate, it's the worst for me. I hate it. I hate it. It's like poison. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't tend to go either like if you if you when you start it you get your first few runs it's just like plastic 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 and then it goes a bit but then if you don't use it for a while it then comes back yeah oh, yeah hello hetty if you come to join us hello hetty gorgeous hetty ginger <laughs> hetty so yeah so that's that, that's basically what i've done is spent a stupid amount of money on something that I could get for one pound from the shop <laughs> and uh, pour well, the water away. <laughs> let's just hope that all those all those scientists and designers at Ultimate Direction have done a good job and they surprise you with the products and you're like, yeah, I'll buy one of those again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, can... I, 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 it, I'm going to wait off leaving a review until I've finished Spartan. <laughs> yeah. Did you I've buy it from finished. Did you buy it from Sportshoes.com? I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, they've got zero reviews at the moment, so you could be the first to re- to review it. <laughs> So sportshoes.com, Dave's, Dave's coming in for his review and Ultimate Direction, yeah. watch out. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but you, you'll be surprised with those um, grey bottles as well, Dave, is that they, I don't know why or how they do it, but they manage to keep the liquid inside cooler as well than the normal. Oh, sal- yeah, than the norm- The salmon ones heat up against your chest or whether you, when you're holding them. But yeah. these ones somehow keep it cool. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I got, I got the uh, the T-shirts for and the 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 buff for sparse the other day yeah yeah and uh spoke to little russ and sandra and wow man like there seems to be this thing with people that have been over and done it or experienced sparta there's like a real passion for it and you get that sense from the um from people i've met that have done it in the past Mm. um and then on on the website as well and on the um on the facebook page it's just like wow people love this race what's all what's it all about so yeah it's um it's it's one of those one of those races that just keeps drawing people back even 
people like you say um sandra and russ don't always run it but they just go over there every year to support her so yeah yeah you know, even yeah. even just to kind of be there as part of the crew and stuff is quite an honor i think and a lot of people tend to have good experiences over there but um yeah. I, don't, I, did, I don't need to rub salt in your wounds by by saying that no yeah. not at all mate I'd love, <laughs> I, I literally want to talk about it until you finished it i want to find out all about it when you're done as well because yeah i will yeah. maybe go back at some point when i've got the when i've got the love for the for the long running back i'll uh yeah i'll hit back yeah. at some point but uh yeah for, I, I i did do a long run today dave which i was very happy about yeah did. you did a canoe lake half marathon didn't you canoe lake half marathon 50 laps of canoe lake it was it was warm it was a little bit windy but i was so pleased to just get that half marathon and i'm like thank you i just because i'm just i just haven't been feeling the love for the long stuff and i'm like today felt good i was like oh okay maybe i've uh, maybe i can uh, just like, stick to those weekend 20s and just keep yeah. going and stuff because i would like to do i was thinking about the weight the waitrose the south sea waitrose marathon the, the, around the car park oh yeah what the the high the the um the high block yeah yeah the multi-story car park yeah and i think you've got some spart some good sparta training to to come about so maybe that could be of interest yeah. to you yeah yeah definitely well there's a few things we need to do is next we need to go and do the pompey marathon course and record it yes um over the coming weeks really so we need to sort that out um, yep. It's always good to keep the imagination going by doing stuff like the Farlington Avenue Marathon and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, that's really it. Different stuff, isn't it? So. Exactly, that's good fun as well. So, but yeah, some, something yeah. something different on the card soon. But yeah, as you said, yeah. we're going to be recording. For those listening who are in doing the Portsmouth Marathon, you probably a lot of you have probably run the route already. But if some of you haven't, uh, we're going to be recording a video which will describe the route and recommendations for for shoes to wear underfoot because. Poor, poor Rob gets inundated with messages about what shoes people should wear and what the route's like and stuff. So we're going to we're going to try and describe it in as much gruesome mm. detail as we can, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, as I, obviously people are going to worry about that kind of thing because it's it's winter um, and there is a little bit muddy beach and there's the odd kind of like gravelly track, isn't there? But my hunch on it is that probably road shoes are absolutely fine. I mean, I, I don't think I've done it in anything other than road shoes. So yeah, same. we can demonstrate why we think that's the case. It would be quite helpful for people, I guess. So. Yeah, cool. Look, I look for I look forward to that, mate. We're gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm yes. sure there'll be a, there'll be a few choice swear words in there occasionally for some of the some of the harder bits on the route. And yeah, yeah ho- hopefully people get something out of it. And yeah, we'll try and make it as entertaining as we can. But absolutely. it'll be inf- it'll be informative as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I am going to let you get on with your evening because uh, it sounds like Hesse wants some attention. Yeah, I've just walked away from. <laughs> oh <laughs> shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, that's so that's so bad. But um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you soon. We we I need to come up and run with you. Um, as I say, I've been off the run, the long runs recently. But yeah, if you're doing some training over the next few weeks and you fancy something flat on the roads, or I can talk yeah. to you. Well, I'm that would be. My, I'm going to a Brighton Beach rave on. Friday. So oh, I'm Friday. Yep. My, my my long run in first thing on Friday morning, so that I'm free for the weekend to have a hangover. Basically, don't tell Michelle that. Um, <laughs> Michelle, no, yeah. you not just say that. Because I'm uh, in in a week on Tuesday, I'm going to hit the ripe old age of forty. Oh my God! So, Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm quite relaxed about it, but it does feel like that this. A milestone in life i don't know if it's a welcome one or not but it's a milestone nonetheless <laughs> dude you can always you can always smile by thinking that's okay because my co-host dan is six years ahead of me six years you're old six, man 
I know. I do not. I'll tell you what. More recently, I've been in groups of people, whether it's groups running or training, we're doing some intervals, whatever. And I've realised I'm the oldest in the group for the first oh, time. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's it's doing my head in. I'm like, how? Yeah. When did this happen? How? I know. You, I know what you mean, man. Because oh. like through work and stuff, I've always sort of been the younger one amongst older people. Yeah. And now I'm starting to kind of like travel through that that age group and, and there's these other younger people like we've just um recruited a ward manager at work who's 24 oh god <laughs> and I'm, I'm like jesus fucking christ <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable is it like it just it just happens like life is yeah. short everyone listening life's short get out there do a canoe lake marathon do a waitrose car park marathon do Spartathlon, just do the things that you want to do now because yeah. before you know it, you'll be like Dave and turn and, and hitting 40. Do you know what? It's, it's, so, it's so true, Dan. Like, um, we, we've spoken in the past about, I, I think I've probably sort of erroneously said to people like that, you know, do something that inspires you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've come to, the, come to the conclusion now, and I think you've sort of pushed me towards this new conclusion that I might sit in for a little while before I then change my mind again but <laughs> yeah you can just do stuff for the love of it can't you and do it because it's there and do it because you're pursuing something you love rather than something that's inspiring because you yeah. can just you, you know just indulge yourself in it because because you love it and it's not necessary to go and you know climb up to the top of like Everest or go up Kilimanjaro you can just go and run a park run because purely for the sake of practicing and indulging yourself in what you love that's it and uh i was chatting to this guy that i met a, a few lakelands ago but i think i think it's the first time i'd done lakelands 100 and it's this guy from dudley brian i think he's from dudley he sounds like he's from dudley i'm sure dudley. He is. and um we I, I sort of sat in the the bull in coniston a broken man and was had you know finished at midnight-ish and had the worst night of pain and just like fuck doing that again that was absolutely <laughs> horrific <laughs> yeah. but nevertheless kind of like was up and down through through the night going to see the finish line having a beer with all the uh, people at the finish line all these drunk northern people that that yeah hit their saucepans and ring their cowbells throughout the night and <laughs> had uh had had quite a good night but you know restless night let's say and was sat nursing a a pint of bluebird bitter in in the bull and this guy next to me just went all right dude uh, you know how's it going and we started chatting and i spoke about doing the western states and stuff and he was like bloody hell he went you are a legend and i, I certainly did not feel like a legend having you know just on late 100 but was was happy with my success and we just chatted and then we went to a few more pubs and like had a really really good night out and, and he was an absolutely lovely guy and mm -hmm. you know he could talk the hind legs of a donkey was, <laughs> yeah you know and i'm quite happy i'm an introverted guy and i'll sit there and i'll listen to anyone anyway over over the years we've kept in touch and we'll just ex exchange a few texts every now and again just say you know all right brian how you doing i hope all is well and he'd be like yeah all good dave and we might talk a couple of times a year um but he does the late and 50 every year mm -hmm. and um i've gone up and 
done the 100 a couple of years ago and then went up there last year because I was training because it's a good weekend to have a little bit of a bit of fun and watch the race kind of play out yeah I'd done some training for TDS up there and then had um seen Brian over the line and uh had a few beers with him in the bull we went and got our bluebird bitter which is probably probably the best beer I've ever had actually it was okay. really, really lovely and it's made on at the pub um and named after the bluebird for the for the fastest boat thing but that was the name of the boat wasn't it bluebird yeah that's right because it was yeah. done in coniston water as that's well right. yeah yeah so we, we we just like chatted and he he met hetty and met my mum and met heather and um he he's done the Lakeland 50 you know so many times in a row i was like when are you just when are you going to go do the Lakeland 100 then he was like oh dave oh, i'm not sure about that so we chatted about it and I was like, just fucking do it, Brian, just go for it. Cause you'll never know if you don't try it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I spoke to him earlier today and he said, you know what, your words had kind of like resonated with me. Cause I'm not getting any younger. Um, I've put it off so many times and I've done the 50 so many times that I just thought, fuck it, let's just go and give it a go and see what happens, see how it all plays out. Yeah. nice. He, he's had a bit of a, it sounds like he's had a bit of a shitter over the last few years um for various reasons and you know experiences life in the way that we all do with our ups and downs in our mental health and physical health exactly yeah and uh he was really looking forward to it and quite thankful that he was going to be towing the start line of one of the most ridiculous races i've ever done (laughs) (laughs) amazing that's so good though it's like you know just having a conversation with somebody like you say you've you've taken the time to sit and listen to him all over all those times you've spoken and then just those few words of you like just fuck it just just go and do it just enter it yeah that's that's just stuck with him and he's like yeah why not let's do it yeah i mean people say stuff like was it jfdi and that that really kind of like resonates with me because i'm like oh yeah let's just fucking go and do it then come on bring it on just do it anyway a great a great way to leave the show dave um good advice and all and yeah just get out there and chase chase your dreams as they say uh Hell yeah. very, in a very <laughs> cliche way <laughs> all right dude anyway. thanks thanks so much for your time and we're going to move on to the interview with luckland wellington take it easy you too mate all the best bye. bye i am very pleased to welcome local runner and full-time student at iona university in new york usa and also, I know he's going to kill me for this, the current course record holder at both Lakeside and Fairham Park Run, Lachlan Wellington. Uh, just including that in the introduction there, I hope it doesn't embarrass you too much, Lachlan, but welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Daniel. It's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. And yeah, I know you're a very modest runner, mate. So uh, so I just had to include that in there to uh, to give maybe the listeners an idea of kind of like, you know, who we're talking to, level of running and all that kind of stuff, because it is a running podcast. So uh, yeah, I'm pleased you could uh, you could join me. I only found out those two facts about you or a few facts about you when I was doing the research for the show. So I was quite surprised because those are really long standing records. Yeah, honestly, I don't really pay too much attention. I'm not just saying that, like I generally don't. Um, I thought I still had the record at Ferrum, but I didn't realise I still had it at Lakeside. Like I'd forgotten, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's mad because I mean that's a six, that's a, both a six and seven year record. I think Ferrum's seven years since you, or nearly seven years since you broke that. How, how old are you then? Oh, I think because I ran the very first Ferrum Park when it started. I'm not sure how many years ago that was now, but I was probably maybe. 14 15 i want to say oh my god give me if i'm wrong for that though i'm not sure that's insane i think during this recording mate there's going to be a lot of oh my gods because yeah i mean 
you know, as, as I think as just, just to kind of set the scene a little bit, as, as runners, you know, one of the things, certainly a runner like myself, you know, I'm I'm not quick. Yeah, I do some long distance stuff, but you know, I, I'm not a fast runner. It, it's really amazing to kind of you know speak to people like yourself who who run at a high level, and it, there's there's something kind of like in awe about it, and you know, like like you would in any kind of profession or any sport like that. So. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that we're going to we're going to dig into in the show. So so I hope you don't mind those stats. But anyway, in, very interesting that you held that you hold still hold those records. <laughs> uh, okay, so I know a lot of people call you so you're so you're Lachlan Wellington. A lot of people call you Lucky. Is that your is that kind of like a given nickname? Uh, Lucky, yeah. I mean, I think like my mates in school was like I think when I was goes back to the days when I was playing football or something. I think that was just the name I was given as like you know like a team nickname, and it's kind of just stuck since like anywhere I go. Like a lot of people just call me Lockie, you know, like Lockie. just as a yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep it to Lockie then. We'll keep it keep it nice and informal. <laughs> so you're you're obviously here on your vacation time and and back with family and and friends and all that. And how how's it how's it been like kind of catching up with everyone and seeing your family and friends and stuff? All good. Yeah, it's been really fun. I mean, it's uh, when I'm studying in America, it's kind of like not all go, but, you know, you're like studying for university. So you're doing academics and you're doing running a lot as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So I think um, I kind of like coming home to the uh, family and it feels like really good. You know, I'm seeing some family this weekend who I haven't seen since like kind of Christmas time. So, you know, that's really exciting. And um, yeah, I just I really love the community feel of my hometown. Yeah, that's that's really nice. That's really good. Yeah, nothing nothing like home when you uh, when you get to kind of like spend time with people. And you, I guess when you're away, you kind of it makes you really appreciate the things more. You know, they they always say when things are taken away from you, you know, like we do sometimes with running injuries and stuff like that. When you come back to it, you kind of realize you know how important it is. And and yeah, it's good. It's great that you can uh, kind of spend the time together. Um, by the way, how long are you back for before you head back? Uh, so I came back, I think, early June, and then I'm probably going to be leaving within the next month, probably about a month's time, thinking about mid-August, maybe the 14th, 15th of August. Okay, cool. So you're here for a, here for a good few more weeks. So hopefully we get another run in at some point. And then uh, I was also... I was also going to tease you all the way through this podcast to say there's a there's a little old South Sea course record um, that needs needs to go as well, or or maybe one at Chichester or something. We'll see see if we can get you down for it. Yeah, <laughs> Whiteley somewhere like that as well, right? Oh, that's a bit far actually. Actually, yeah, White, Whiteley could be done as well. Yeah, so so yeah, we'll have, we'll definitely have to get you down to South Sea for a, for at least at least one park run, even if it's a fun one. So uh, and you can kind of like maybe maybe meet some of the runners here. We'll listen to the show. Um, yeah, that'd be good. yeah, excellent. So I guess. Um, for those who don't know you, I'm going to kind of hand over to you to to again introduce yourself, um, tell us a little bit about what what it is you're kind of doing in the US, and and perhaps maybe like any kind of fun fact about yourself, whether it's running related or not, maybe like you know how your friends would describe you, something like that. So so over to you, over to you for uh, for 60 seconds or so. Yeah, so obviously, um, my name is Lachlan Bunnington. I'm a uh, distance athlete, mainly focusing the 10,000 meters, but I also run the 5,000 and sometimes the 15,000 or mile, but that's a little bit sharp for me these days. Um, okay. But yeah, I, my PBs are 29.20 for 10K. That's probably my best one. And um, right now I'm studying in the United States of America in a, uh, a small university called Iona University. And it's sort of 30 minutes outside of Manhattan. Um, and I'm competing there in the NCA for the uh, cross country track and field program at that university uh, I'm doing I'm studying journalism there mass communication and sports media will be my because I'm going back for a kind of a graduate two year program okay uh, looking forward to getting my master's there um, and obviously before I went there I was a member of City of Portsmouth Athletics Club for 
quite a few number of years I think literally mm -hmm. from about the age of 10 and 11 years old when I ran some my first kind of meets when I was just getting into sport till up until the age of 18 and um this summer I actually uh, finally competed for Portsmouth again at one of the uh, national athletics leagues which was a really fun time actually it was very different to what I've been doing uh, I hadn't run a club meet for Portsmouth since I was probably 17 years old so it's been a long time away so that was nice to do okay great so so you're serious so you are still I guess a member of of Portsmouth and you can you can still kind of come back and run occasionally yeah I can so um it's nice as long as I just pay my membership fee and stuff each year I'm able to stay on and like compete for them I'm actually hoping to look forward to the uh cross-country season and maybe coming back for the uh, European trials uh for cross-country but we'll see nice nice yeah, excellent that's the plan anyway okay so so this this is this is the the time of the podcast, and as I we had a little chat before we recorded, obviously that I'm going to drop a little story in here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> nothing to worry about; <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. But yeah, a, a kind of story um, that I wasn't aware of um, that some somebody kind of got in touch with me when I think when we ran together and I posted my uh, the, the couple of photos of us running on Strava. Um, but yeah. it's one of your previous; it, it might be one of your previous athletics teachers. Because I'm not entirely sure whether or not you were taught by her, but it was Amy Chaplin got in touch. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. No, I remember her, of course. Yeah. She was yeah. a big part of me early on. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's that, oh, that's great. That's that's kind of like a nice tie because yeah, we see. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we we see Amy. She's a really good runner as well. We see Amy at park run often, and um, she runs runs frequently along the seafront. But she told me about uh your very first cross country race, and and uh, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these details, but I'm going to tell the story. So she said that you were running this cross cross country race. You were in the lead, and near the end somewhere, somebody sent you the wrong way. Okay, and mm. you you were kind of you were sent off in the wrong direction, got back on track, and you ended up coming in second place because the, the second place person overtook you. Um, but what struck me about the story, which was which was rather interesting, was afterwards apparently there was there was there was a lot of people upset upset by it and stuff. But it was you that came over and said, you know, don't don't worry about it. It's just a race. And that's that kind of I think sums you up really nicely. And and kind of you know I don't know you very well yet, but I've run, I've had the chance to run with you and, and chat with you a lot. And you struck me as a very modest runner, which is why I have all your PBs ready to talk about because I thought you wouldn't mention them. <laughs> is, is is that kind of how the story went down? So I actually don't remember just saying I remember the definitely remember the occasion because this was like my first kind of real meet for the school as on honestly like very like pretty much the start of my um, journey in the sport um I don't remember saying that thing after but I do remember the whole situation that happened and I was kind of just like I was just kind of like stoked and happy to be second place to be honest with you even mm. if I even if I did go the wrong way but um I have I when I was younger I definitely did have a little bit of a habit of going the wrong way I think there was a Hampshire Lee cross country that I kind of went off course a bit and then I think a Hampshire schools race as well at one point I I think I veered off course and I was in the lead, but then I think the marshals did a really good job to try and like turn us around because the whole field followed me. So I think they did a nice <laughs> job trying to bring us back. So I, th I think I was quite lucky, but um, but yeah, that's definitely something that uh, I've had to kind of get on my system because when I was younger, I was a bit of susceptible to that kind of thing. <laughs> Dude, we've got something in common. I always like I always go wrong in any any kind of cross country running or or any kind of like long distance trail one, I always go, I've been lost before in the, at midnight on the South Downs. Just, I mean, just you too, like, I got lost. I've been lost so many times in runs. Like that's why I try and stick to out and backs. If I go to a new place, I think I remember one time we were, I was in Dorset with my parents and we were kind of like camping or glamping, I think. Yeah. And uh, I'd done a little add on loop at the start and I ended up going three miles too far the other way. Okay. And then I 
I stopped to ask this guy on the bike and he was like, oh, that's like miles that way. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> my parents were driving along looking for me as well. But uh, yeah, so I'm definitely better now, but I'm still not great. Yeah, out, out, out and backs are the, way to, are the way to go. Now, you're the you're the second person I've actually had on the show who's gone over to the US to to kind of do running. The, the, the previous um, the previous uh, podcast person I had on the show was Joe Wade, who who lives on the Isle of Wight, who went to Lamar Uni, who they, I think you also know of. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Joe Joe kind of studied over there, and I and I do, you know, I think researching his stuff, I found some videos, you know, where he was kind of like walking around the uni and showing off the gym and stuff like that. That 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 uni looked quite big. Um, I've seen a picture picture of your uni. It's quite it's quite like a kind of a small building, isn't it? Like I've seen it from a kind of aerial shot. It's 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 a grand building, but it's quite quite kind of like contained yeah i mean the whole you could walk from one side of the canvas to the other in probably less than five minutes if you were like going a decent neck like it's very very small it's uh i think it's only about four thousand students i think okay. maybe even less than that cool okay um you told us what you're studying so you're doing you kind of journal gen- sports journalism so studying that have you got any other interests or hobbies like things that you're doing when you're not studying or training uh, so I, I mean, I obviously love sports, even outside of running. Like, um, before I came on this podcast today, I was watching the uh, England Test match against Australia, hoping we can try and level the series. Um, <laughs> <laughs> going okay right now, but I think Australia are just in the lead again now. Um, but then I also, um, I really like playing like uh, fantasy Premier League. I don't know if you're, if you know about it, like the uh, Premier League game where you kind of pick fifteen players. I kind of I do know of it. I know of it. Yeah. I know lots of people who get really into it, but I've never, I don't know anything about it. So I wouldn't know. Yeah. So I like, um, I didn't have a great season last year. I kind of gave up. So I'm going to try and give that a good go because I'm hoping I'll have a bit of extra time now that I'm a graduate student because I won't have as many classes to do. Um, okay. The annoying thing is like there's deadlines for your team each week. And like if there's an early Saturday kickoff for me, it could be like 7.30 or 7 in the morning where the deadline is. So okay. sometimes I'm not up at that time, you know, so it's difficult. But um. But yeah, I also like playing video games as well quite a lot. Um, I guess kind of a fun little obscure fact is I'm a, I kind of like, not a guilty pleasure, but I really like playing like farming simulation games. I don't know what it is about them, but I kind of just, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a weird thing. I've had it for so long, like literally since I was young. And um, yeah, I just, I don't know why, but I love, I kind of find them relaxing and like stre- takes the stress off of everything. Yeah, yeah, I I have that same addiction. I play, you know, one of my guilty pleasures is Animal Crossing. Uh, kind of similar, similar, maybe like a little bit more involved than just the farming side of things, but also Stardew Valley. There's a game called Stardew Valley. Yeah, I've, I play that one. Um, I was really into it kind of earlier this year, but I've kind of gone off it a bit because I've got some new games, but I absolutely love that game as well. Yeah, yeah they're very, they're kind of just like an, a complete escape from reality. So I can kind of see how that's appealing, especially you know, with maybe with the intense training and everything like that. It's nice to kind of do something completely different. So, um, yeah, I guess to, to kind of get into the meat of the this, the discussion and uh, kind of chat more about your running and find out more about the the university and, and kind of what it's like to, to run over there. But I guess to kind of start with a meet of a chat, um, maybe like it would be good to find out more about how you kind of first started um, running, like like how you how you got into it. Because when I started my own running, I remember your name mentioned with Jacob's name and mm. Zach Lahal as well. I remember there was like a, a group of like youngsters who were doing like pretty amazing things with the running. So so kind of how did it all start? Like how did you get in? How did you get into it? So, um, I mean, the first thing I really remember was going for a run with my dad. Um, there was kind of a little loop around like our 
like local neighborhood I guess like where we live and um and I kind of kept up with him and he was kind of surprised at that and I like and then he was like kind of encouraged me to try out for the uh, school cross country team when I was in year seven um where who one of my teachers the main teachers there was uh one of them was Amy Chaplin who you mentioned earlier in the podcast yeah yeah um, and uh from there I kind of just competed for the school and uh eventually a couple of maybe months a couple of weeks months later I started at a city of Portsmouth AC with uh Vince Stamp who was my coach for I think probably five plus years from okay. no more way more than that more like eight years from when I started in the sport um to 18 years old before I moved to uh, America and kind of I'm coached by someone different now um but yeah it kind of just went there really I started off because I was still playing football when I started um and I kind of obviously as a English boy like school boy I really like playing football and um it was also the social aspect like a lot of your friends are doing it and stuff so um okay I think but then eventually once I kind of got to a certain point in my running I kind of thought saw more of a future in that so I kind of shifted and um and yeah and then just started focusing full-time more on running okay cool so that just I guess that spark that initial spark there was with your dad which I find like great you know it's kind of real grassroots running and I love this I love the fact that your dad was like oh hold on a second my son can keep up with me what's what's going on here <laughs> he needs to run <laughs> that's amazing and um, they, um there's also a story that my dad tells I think I don't personally remember this but I think when I was young before I was even in the sport of running that um it had been raining for days and I was kind of like I mean maybe I don't know if I have ADHD but something like that but um I think or to at least to a smaller extent but I was yeah. like just been cooped up in the house all the time and I needed to get out and he took me out to the local park and I apparently I just like ran for ages and just like let off all my energy that had been cooped up in the house for a few days wow there you go it's a it was clearly a talent that was kind of showing it showing its face in, in small ways there so um yeah, I'm just pleased that you kind of ended up running, and yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great story. I love, I love stories that kind of start like start like that. You know, just some little tiny moments, you know, which is why it's important to do them in life. Just one, one small moment there that can kind of ignite something, you know, and really kind of kick off a spark, which is which is lovely. It's a, it's a, it's a great story. Your 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 PBs. You've mentioned 10k, 29.20. That mm-hmm. was one I had right. So I'm 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 glad the internet doesn't lie when it comes to PBs most of the time, but we'll we'll see how we get on. I'm going to list a few more um and so i think some of these distances certainly from the runners i know and and runners some runners that i know listen to the show won't mm. necessarily be familiar with like the 1500 or the 800 and things like that but i'm going to list them anyway so your 800 time 159 yeah that's correct i think do the split seconds count <laughs> i mean Can... i haven't run 800 for years so i don't really okay. mind okay so I, just, I broke two and retired pretty much Okay, so that yeah, I mean, you're pretty much looking at like you know under 60 seconds per lap, which yeah. I guess people who train on a track sometimes, maybe the Track Tuesday group will uh, will know about that. 1500 meter time of four minutes on the dot. Yeah, that was from this season actually yeah, as well. Okay, and then the obviously the mile time, which you said you you don't really do, it's it's like quite sharp for you, 420. Yeah, that sounds right. I think yeah. Cool. Okay, 3000 meter, which is again, this is the distance I I never really kind of see much racing on, but it's a kind of a strange distance for me. 831. So I I can't really place that in my mind because I it's not a lot of racing that I watch or do. But um, your 5k time, which which a lot of the listeners will be will be familiar with, 5k is obviously 1412. Yeah, that's right as well. Yeah. Rapid man, very rapid. Yeah. What what's it, what's it like to run? What does it feel like to run a 1412 time? Does it does does the time match the pain? Yeah, so I mean, I think I ran that in a in an American meet actually two years ago, I think, in my second year in America, and um, it was probably one of my first like real meets where I thought, yeah, like 
in America that I really did well in. Um, and I'm not, I can't quite remember the lap pace. I want to say it's about 67 second laps, I think, maybe 68, maybe a bit slower than that. Um, okay. But yeah, it definitely hurt. But I think that race, I just remember kind of feeling good and like, I haven't actually run quicker than that. I haven't run many 5K since, but I haven't run quicker than that. So um, I definitely want to dip under 14 at hopefully next season outdoors. But um, but it definitely hurts. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's like you know, you know, we always kind of talk about you know how how fast can can a runner get? We always have these questions like, oh, I wonder how fast I could actually get, and what kind of physiological uh, limiting factors are there in me? And you know. I can go out and run like a like an 18 minute 5k and it bloody hurts and then you just think somebody running 40 and I wonder I wonder what the pain difference is and it it's kind of always interesting discussions about like you know you'd love to kind of jump into someone's body as they're doing that just to see how much it how much it hurts because it's it's quite fascinating you know it's a fascinating pace so uh, but yeah it's good it's good to know you don't finish it at least you know at least you are tired when you finish it you know <laughs> not superhuman yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. So, so which of those times would you say like you're most proud of? Is it is it your 10k? I mean, so I like my 10k. And I think when I ran, because I also ran 29.20 two years ago, the same season as I ran that 5k. But I actually think I only ran 20, not only 29.22, still a good time. But I didn't go much quick, any quicker this season. I didn't PB. Um, okay. I had some good, um, good races as in position races because I think I've always found for myself I'm not necessarily one of the top athletes that goes out and gets a really, really fast time. But I do compete well in like the kind of races where position matters more, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, and I've always kind of done that, like I've more position. I like, I base my success off positioning and trying to Got finish it. as high as possible as opposed to the time, but I'm um, definitely hoping to bring those times down. But yeah, I'd probably, probably still just say the 10K, although I do think that 5K is very similar. Um, okay. Because they normally say that you're, 10k time should be about your 5k time plus a minute which i guess for me right now is about right okay like 14, 12 times two plus another minute is about works out about right so um hopefully we can bring those down next year but um but yeah still pretty satisfied with around that but definitely want to try and improve okay that's an interesting calculation i haven't, I haven't heard that one before so i'll uh I, it might, I don't know if it's different for like i think that's just for like people that i run with a lot say that but i don't know <laughs> Okay. I don't come up with that or anything. There probably there probably is a quite an interesting pattern if you were to pump like all the numbers and PBs in over you know, if you put all that data in over the years from from various runners, you'd probably find that there would be some kind of algorithm you could create or, or just a quick calculation that generally gets gets the time. So yeah, interesting one. I'm trying to I'm trying to do the maths here on my own, but I'm I'm gonna forget about that till later. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think it depends what kind of run you are as well. Like some people will be more like fifteen hundred, five K based, whereas if you're five K, ten K kind of run like I am, I do think that conversion is probably about right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess it depends where your yeah, where your base base training is. Uh very quickly as well, let's talk about the Chichester Corporate Challenge, because it's something that we we kind of mentioned. It's a it's a yearly event in the local running diary that I think everyone should try at least once or or just go and support. Uh, it's an evening filled with different junior and senior racers doing loops um around Chichester City Centre for, for various distance for the juniors and and ending with the senior racers um at about seven PM, which is I think just shy of five K. Uh, I think it, it it's an event that you kind of grew up with racing. Is is that right? Because your name was mentioned on the start line this year. I remember it. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize that. I mean, yep. I think Chichester was kind of my introduction to road racing. And um, I think like, again, as an age group race, like coming up through the youth, like I really enjoyed doing it because I think it was at a time where there wasn't a lot of other races going on or like big uh, races in England, like 
I think it's kind of in between cross country and track, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong on that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a really fun event. Like I love running around the cobbles. Um, some of the turns were a little bit sharp for me. Like mm. I think my hips nowadays would probably uh, give in if I was doing that again. But um, so I had a few issues there. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a great meet. Yeah. When it's raining, I mean, it was we. I think I mentioned to you when we ran last week. It it rained for the three events this year, and it was so slippery going around those corners. It was uh, yeah. You just you really have to that slow down going around there. As well, a few people falling over. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, there was there was a few uh, a few issues there, um, but yeah, w- I mean, what a magic event! It's I I just think they've got something really special there with it, with that, and I really hope it kind of continues. It looks like it does because it has a lot of traction and a lot of support. But yeah, brilliant event, and people should get kind of get to that. It's it's around February March time next year, so just just go and Google just the corporate corporate challenge for those who want to go and find it. And I think anybody can put a team together, or you can just uh, just enter it kind of as a solo runner. So, um. Do you have any kind of desires or um, future thoughts on on like running longer, eventually moving to tackle like half marathons, marathons and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I mean, I definitely think that I do see myself tackling those longer distances. I'd probably definitely like try and go half marathon. I don't think you could go half marathon and then just immediately go to the marathon. I'll definitely try and kind of move through a bit more and probably just start the half marathon. Because, you know, I think a lot of people fall into the trap of like, oh, you know it's only you've run 13 miles oh I can do a marathon now but you know it's double that distance you know it's definitely a very tough distance probably one of the toughest sporting events to or running events to like complete yeah uh, well so uh but I don't think for a few years I probably not running enough my body hasn't probably run enough miles to be able to yeah run the marathon yet I know some people who are younger that do run it but they also run like you know 100 mile weeks from quite a young age but um I've still got a bit of a way to go probably to get there, you know, cool. top of my yeah. range, probably 80, 85 currently. So I yeah. think you need to be 100 mile weeks, but it depends what kind of run you are. Some people can go less, but in answer to your question, I definitely think I do see myself doing it one day, but not for a few years. Good. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So there's no, there's no immediate plans to do it. That's good. That sounds, that sounds really sensible. You've got more to squeeze out of yourself as well in the, in the distances you do. So. Um, yeah. And I think, that's the other thing sorry to interrupt but I'm no, no, go for it. like you want to try and hold on I'm not that much of a speed like runner but you know you want to try and speed kind of only decreases you get older so mm. I think you want to try and develop that early or keep developing it until it's kind of you know you're not running fast enough to compete anymore but as long as you are I think it's fine to stay at the lower distances Luckily, you've brought a tear to my eye, mate, by saying that uh, speed decreases as you age. I'm, I'm literally almost in tears here. <laughs> it's just getting harder all the time, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see if that, uh, if that project seven, seventeen thirty can come, can come off for me. Then I'll be happy. I'll, I'll be able to retire from running after that. <laughs> I think you'll do. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had some. So, so I want to get into the meat of running for a uni because obviously, it, it, you know. It's probably for you. You're probably used to the routine. Maybe you were, maybe you were really confident, kind of going over, going over to to university. But it's when you think about it as kind of like you know, you take a step back and look at it. It's, it's a big deal, you know. You're kind of leaving your hometown of Fareham and Portsmouth, and you're kind of going overseas to study. It's a it's a big move, you know. And you're doing that to 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 focus on the running and obviously your studies as well. Um, so I've had a few. I had a few kind of ideas or questions. I went for a run with a with a group last week, and they were like, "Oh, I'd love, I really have to find out kind of like." what a typical week looks like in 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 the day in the life of of Lachlan in at the university over there so in terms of training 
mm-hmm. like like what is your week maybe sunday to sunday like like what happens what's like what kind of stuff do you do when you're hard days what kind of sessions are you doing so i'm going to hand over to you to kind of like describe your week sunday to sunday so uh like first thing i should say is i've always kind of looked at my week starting monday to sunday and i kind of think <laughs> okay. the long run but it's very different there because my coach and a lot of the other athletes i run with like my training partners they kind of it goes sunday to monday so you start with the long run if that, or no sunday to saturday sorry um i still kind of have it in my head that the starting week like i have a little journal that i'm using to record all my mileage at the minute and i still run the week mileage week from monday to sunday but okay on my final surge account which is what i track my like running training for for my coaches and stuff um it's sunday to saturday so that's a bit confusing but um and it starts with the long run wow yeah so um i know it's a bit different but so i'll probably i'll start based on that so i guess long run sunday is very stable like it doesn't matter if it's cross country or track season like we'll always do a long run my normal long run would be probably 15 to 16 miles okay Might push that up to 17 this season but we'll wait and see um easy and Monday, uh so i'm kind of a big believer i like so 15 miles is a great distance for me because i like kind of starting easy-ish then the middle like the six to ten miles are kind of a bit faster and then i like to finish my long runs like a decent nick like getting down to sort of threshold pace maybe like six flat 550 pace per mile okay. maybe okay um and then but it depends like sometimes you know you'll be in i'll get moving like we had a french guy who just ran 335 in the 1500 i've been training with and you know he he was a big like would go fast a lot and if you long ran with him you knew you were in for a in for a <laughs> especially where we run where it's quite hilly for our long runs um but but then sometimes other days you're feeling really tired and maybe you just run seven minute pace you know it's a it's a very wide range i'd say and it also depends what kind of uh races we have coming up or if we're just training through for like a few weeks um because then you can kind of afford to go that a little bit quicker um so then monday for us is just kind of a easy easy run days like this is just like you know base mileage like seven minute pace kind of like very easy running um and i'll normally go about nine miles okay on a monday um and then after our runs we normally have like we do bands we do like hip work uh i should also say that i have like a morning core routine i do so when i wake up the first thing i do is um i my knees are always quite tight and like calf so i do a little bit of stretching and then um I have a little routine and then I do like a core routine, which takes about 10 minutes. Um, okay. And I do that every day. And the way I look at it, that's like 70 minutes a week. Does that, does it really uh, help? Do you find those, those just those little 10 minute routines help? Yeah. I mean, it definitely strengthens my core. And I also just like, cause it kind of gets you off to a good start. Like you feel productive, even if you're not training till later on in the day, it's kind of, you've done something. Do you know what I mean? Mm, okay. Um, so just, just for me personally. Um, and then anyway, on the Monday as well, we, do bands and then maybe some core um and then often we do some strides so just maybe like 100 meters like pickups kind of thing um and... is, that ju- is that is that just actually taking some time out of your day to to go down to the track warming up uh, and then just running 100 meters backwards and forwards when i'm at university we have like a turf field that we kind of use like a football pitch or soccer okay. pitch um and we just go up and down there it's probably not quite 100 meters it's maybe like 80 um we don't really hit the track for like strides until the outdoor season, which we'll do once a week. Um, okay. That's normally on a Thursday. Um, and, and, and what, what's the purpose of, you know, in that, on that Monday afternoon, just going down to, to a grass field to run hundred meter strides. Is it, is it, does it just keep the legs turning 
or what does it do for the what does it do for the legs in your opinion well i think for like for the shorter distance people i think it does just keep the legs turning but i think for me one it keeps the legs turning but two it does develop my speed as a, i'm not like a massive you know i don't have a massive kick in races or anything or like a fast finish but um for me it's important just to keep that leg turnover over because if i don't it it's very difficult to kind of get that snap come race day i think um, okay because so... the, the reason why i ask is because when i was being coached a couple of years ago by by paul uh, yeah. he he always put like doing uh, he would always advocate strides at the at the beginning or end of an easy run and i think mm. he said you know purely for that reason because it gets your body and your legs used to, to turning fast and that's what you that's what you want so i guess it kind of just keeps them sharp yeah definitely for sure and it helps I, yeah 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 for me um so then tuesday is like my first workout day of a week or session day so um in the cross country season we'll normally do hill reps for like the first few season uh, for the first few like sessions or first few Tuesdays um and they're normally about two to three minute hills and we'll just run up and then we have we're lucky we get some vans and our coaches drive us back down the vans and that's kind of our recovery uh so oh, really was, yeah it was a very very weird concept for me at first um going wow. out there. I you know because normally just here you know you'd run back down the hill as your rest or whatever but yeah we take vans and just so we're not having too long or too much recovery if that makes sense um, see that to me that's torture <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i like to be able to like moving recovery as well i don't like to just sit in a van basically like there that's probably one of my not so favorite workouts there just because of the vans and everything um you're you're the second you're the second person actually who's told me that they've done that you're the second person i've heard who gets driven really? back down a hill and in a in a car the, the first person was was a guy called james ellis who used to run over in chichester yeah you remember james uh no he, i don't remember. okay he now i think he now runs and, and owns the the run shops that are you find around the south coast okay sure. but he always told me that his coach used to used to shove him into a car and he would drive back down the hill in order to to minimize the the, the recovery yeah but anyway carry on sorry no it's all good um but then like alternative sessions on a tuesday we might do like a fart lick or we might do like a mile or like k reps mile re repeats or like sometimes when it gets towards the end of the season we'll do like 2ks on grass we have like a nice like grass loop probably my favorite um place to train Damport park in new rochelle um it's a lovely park area i have to send you some pictures sometimes just so you can kind of get a feel for it it's right oh, on cool. the water on the long island sound okay um, honestly one of my probably favorite places to run there um and then on a Wednesday, we have like our medium long run. So we'll, I'll normally go about 10 to 12 miles ish. Um, and then same as Monday, we'll do like some strength stuff, some, uh, some core. Um, also on Tuesdays, I've got to say that we normally lift, like do a gym session, like after we work out after our session. Okay. Cause that's meant to be like a good thing to do. Like to, it's meant to help. How recovery much and fatigue strength, like, do you put in when you're doing weights? Overall, are you, like, are you literally like working your muscles to extreme exhaustion or was it just like a, like a few reps just to kind of keep some muscle mass? Yeah. So I'm definitely not like the best lifter that there is out there. Like I'm not particularly like built or I'm not, I'm not great in the gym. You know, I don't lift that much. Uh, so for me, it's kind of, especially as like a 10 K runner, it's kind of just about trying my best to like, I think one of my assistant coaches this year summed up well it's like just to put enough force or a little bit more force than you would in a race so that when you race that distance it's fine too so I'll just kind of it's more just a tick over like I it's definitely like 
for example, I'm really weak for pull-ups. So that's something I'm trying to work on this summer is to try and get better at them. Um, okay. Because I still use like a band at the minute, but you know, I want to try and be able to do it like at least five proper ones, like without a band. Um, but yeah, just it's just kind of I do think strength's important as well. So like it, yeah, basically I'm just trying to do enough, but not too much. I'm not never gonna be like a big lifter, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting what you say, because obviously, like, I, I joined a gym a while ago, and I, I wanted to start doing some routines, and was never kind of sure, like, you know, how much how much weight are you meant to lift? Are you meant to be doing kind of like a, like a, you know, one press max effort, or are you trying to, like, you know, do lots of reps at, small, at a smaller weight? But you said an interesting point there, which was, like, maybe getting your, exposing your muscles to the same kind of amount of force, so that you're used to that kind of pressure that the, that the race is going to put on your body that building yeah. some some muscle that can cope with that with that force mm. yeah for sure okay um i wanted to move on and kind of talk about your and i'm going to use the word team i don't know whether you really call it a team but like it might be like a really good chance for you to mention like some of your fellow runners who might listen to the to the episode some of your friends over there your coaches and maybe kind of like how the whole the whole group kind of like works and kind of motivates e each other together and stuff like that so i guess like without those people and without the important kind of like pieces of the puzzle it um it wouldn't work as well as it does so over to you yeah so i think i'll start like before i went to because obviously this is a big part of my like journey so far before i like i see it ports of they see before going to america um like i think first of all like my parents were really you know they all supported me they were big advocates for mm -hmm. they never pushed me too much but put too much pressure on but they were always you know supporting me took me around like to training like quite a few times a week uh okay. after my work um you know to races on the weekends as well you know gave up a lot of time um and then also my coach Vince Stam from Portsmouth um okay. who is absolutely fantastic as well you know he's driven me to meets before as well um He's came to watch me compete for Great Britain in Edinburgh. You know, he's done loads of that stuff as well. So I want to Brilliant. say then. And then um, also Bron Carter at Portsmouth, who kind of helped me out when I was first starting to like lift weights and stuff. Um, and and then just as well, like other coaches at Portsmouth who I've also like worked with, done sessions with, like Alex Budd, Steve Purser. Um, you know, they've all to some extent helped me. You know, I still I go to Steve for advice sometimes as well, like reasonably when I was injured and like aqua jogging when i had to do some cross training he kind of gave me some good stuff on that um good runner himself as well he's been he's been on the show as well as a guest so he's a yeah yeah, he's a great runner. <laughs> yeah. um you know i really like picking his brain as well um so all those people but then also athletes you know people i've competed with like one would have to be jacob o'hara you know i go on quite a few runs with him now as well you know he's a great guy you know i think Very he's good. really taking a step forward this season as well there's times um zach mahan from Southampton, you know i think he as well today you know he just ran 28 uh sub 28 for the 10k oh. this outdoor season yeah you know seriously fast um and you know I think me and him being in the same county it was tough sometimes because you know we both be up there at national meets a lot but I think the fact that we're in the same county kind of pushed us both because we were always trying to we always had to try and be our best every day when we were racing to beat each other um so I think definitely him as well you know great competitor but also a great person as well you know like one of the loveliest people I've ever met. Um, and then also, I guess, some of my direct training group from Portsmouth, uh, not too many that still run, I wouldn't say, but uh, Callum Crook, uh, Ellie Farrow, some of the girls as well that are kind of still associated with the sport. Um, and then do you want me to talk about my American team as well? Yeah, that'd be good. And, and you know, one of the reasons that I do this is because 
there's you know like you say there's so many people who kind of influence your running through the years and whether it's a coach or like you say your your the parental units who uh who put in all the all the all the initial work and doing the driving around but yeah it's it's good to mention it and I, I love that you've kind of mentioned so many names already so there's clearly a lot of people who've had an influence on your running so yeah move over to your american team i'd love to find out over there over there about how it works yeah and i'm sure i've missed some as well but i'll try and oh yeah <laughs> we always do that we always do that <laughs> um but um so my head coach in america joe pienta um has been definitely a big part of my career in america because he's obviously had the final say i mean I, I will say like i doubt he'd listen to this but you know me and him don't always see eye to eye but i think that like we both kind of understand each other now where it's like you know sometimes like one will get one of us will get annoyed at the other one or whatever but i do think we're both trying to get the he's trying to get the best for me i'm trying to do the best you know what i mean yeah. um you know i've had several assistant coaches there so i, I couldn't name all of them because uh, they change quite a lot um but other athletes that i've definitely learned a lot from i'll mention one ed goddard he's an australian guy he was he started at the same time as me as a grad student and um i definitely built a great friendship with him he's one of my he was one of my closest friends there when he was still there um okay. he's a fantastic runner himself you know he's run i think 211 for the marathon um wow. 61 half runs about 100 miles every week uh you know he really taught me a lot about training and um was a great person uh Ihab awesome. as well from Canada he's I think he's run about 13 30 13 20 for 5k he just graduated from Iona I think two years ago or not the year just gone but the year before that um again great guy learned a lot from him um training wise and just a great guy to train around and then Mael Goyer from France this year the guy that I spoke about earlier ran just ran 335 for the 1500 um and then also like my current roommate an Australian Matt Rankin who um you know he's the same year as me came in just the semester after me and you know like obviously I share a room with him now so we get on great and he's a great person to train with as well um but then also like I guess our trainers uh we have a kind of a partnership with a place called finish line pt okay. in Nourishville. um and the owner of the company is absolutely great to us you know he helps out all our athletes i think i think we're half of his schedule during the week you know like um so i definitely want to give them a shout out as well brilliant i think Gosh. that's everything <laughs> like <laughs> you say there's gonna there's always gonna be people that uh that you leave out and and yeah just just thinking back to what you said earlier about you know i think i think it's really brave and 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 it's okay sometimes to say that you don't see eye to eye with people you know when you're in a when you're in a team it's it's quite i think it's quite normal in life but also maybe it's frowned upon mm -hmm. to say it but it's okay you know like we have i have it all the time at work and mm -hmm. and as long as you're kind of like okay with it and like you say you you realize you're both got the same kind of goal in mind and maybe maybe sometimes have different parts i think it's i think it's all good so so even if he is listening i'm sure he'll be okay with it <laughs> I hope so. yeah yeah i'm sure so uh with the pressures of training um are there things that you kind of have to do mentally to prepare yourself for, for for the training and races and and kind of like what other things do you generally do to kind of keep your mind healthy and your body in shape around the running so you've already mentioned obviously the core and things like that but maybe on the like the mental side like it, like how do you deal with the pressures of it all yeah, I mean, I think the mental side is definitely something that's like getting spoken about more in the sport as it should be and Good. in like, general life as well. Um, yeah. And I think like for me personally, I think I've definitely had like tough times. Like, for example, when I was like studying for my A-levels, you know, there was a lot of pressure because I was struggling with A-levels, like doing my schoolwork, academics um, and also trying to balance training. And then 
I got injured and I think injury is probably one of the biggest things, you know, like that plays on you mentally in running. Like, you know, if, if you're an avid runner and you really enjoy the sport, like, you know yourself probably from missing time, like it's just so annoying. It's like the one thing you want to do is go out and run. Like that's like your staple, you know, that's the thing that keeps you going every day. And if you can't do that, it's just, it is frustrating. Um, And I think I could do more to like with the mental side as well. Cause I do think that, um, that side is so important and you know like I don't think it's underrated that you know racing is probably maybe not 50% but it's a very high percentage of mental strength as well mm. um and there could be things I could be doing like I used to do yoga a bit I should probably get back to that okay because I think it stretches you out and it's good for the mental side um I have teammates that like meditate before races and stuff and really kind of get that aspect but I also think in races that and training that I've always kind of been mentally strong and I kind of never get in my head like you know I've had bad sessions before and then ran really well so I don't ever let it get to me okay so much I think there's also other stuff you could be doing for the mental side um as it is so important and you know we have access to a sports psychologist uh who used to run as well who's from England Tim Bailey he lives in California now um that's interesting okay I've met him a few times and he's definitely given us some good stuff but um but yeah oh. I'm not um, yeah, yeah without without giving anything away like because I, I don't want you to talk about any detail or anything okay you don't have to do that but yeah saying that you've got a sports psychologist i've never heard anybody i've never been able to ask anybody who has access to that to a service like that like what kind of things do you do you go over in those in those sessions and, and are they formal is it like you go to a classroom and, and do a do a session or do, does it just do talks or, or can you just is this somebody you can approach when you need to well so i mean i should probably make use of him more because it's like a great we have access to like a great resource obviously and I think I should definitely use him more um but he kind of lives on the other side of the country so what we've done is as a like our women's and men's cross-country team track and field we've had like general meetings with him as like a whole group where some people get to ask questions but he's kind of gone over like just like a general outline of stuff we can do um okay but then I know like some of my teammates have gone to him personally and just had like one-on-one sessions which as I said like would probably be a great thing to do but um yeah, I just I've never used made use of that resource yet. Okay, okay, interesting. That's a good uh, good kind of service to to make use of. And I and I know there's been because I I talk with a few of my running friends about some of the books that that are read about you know battling your 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 inner chimp, the inner chimp voice, mm-hmm. and all that those kind of books about the inner chimp about this this voice that kind of tells you you get to the start line and you start looking at everyone going oh my god everyone looks fitter than me, everyone looks faster than me and it's the same i think the same kind of like logic to tackling those things applies in all sorts of areas in life like whether you're uh because I, I i play music kind of like maybe semi semi-professionally sometimes and yeah that voice that kind of tells you like oh no i'm gonna make a mistake i'm gonna make a mistake and you know when you when you can't really afford to make a mistake and mm. i guess like maybe de- maybe having a sports psychologist helps you kind of with those kind of things is that is that something that you, you could approach him about like you know i'm feeling nervous every time i get to the start and everyone looks fitter than me yeah, I mean, I think like it's also like for finding your own thing personally, like in running races or training or whatever, even in your like music, I think it's finding like coping mechanisms for that. So like positive self-talk, for example, just saying like trying to like like some people try and push those thoughts out. I like tend to like acknowledge them, but then just say like, you know, I've like got this like because I think if you don't acknowledge them, then they can kind of linger. So you've got to acknowledge it, but then also use that like self-positive talk to like kind of amp yourself up 
I think my co-host um, who records my my show intros with me, Dave, yeah. his his go to approach would probably be just listen to more Metallica. <laughs> Done. <laughs> that's a fair, that's a fair coping mechanism as well. I, I do. I'm a, quite a big music fan actually. Like I I listen to music like a lot of the day. Like I run with my phone a lot as well. Like listening okay. to music. Yeah, I always find like when, when a good song comes on, you just like automatically pick up the pace. It's 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 never going to happen that you drop the pace. You're always going to go faster. I don't know what it yeah, is about music. Like, I don't even acknowledge it sometimes, but you look down at your watch and like, oh, I'm probably cooking a bit too hard, but it's just like from one of your favorite songs coming on or whatever. Yeah, yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing. So 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 just finally on the uni thing before we kind of close off the the podcast and move on to to our end questions and things. But um, what would you say are coming to some of the some of the best things? about going to university and, and having done you know made this journey over there and made the decision to go over and, and run there what, what's some of the best things that have kind of come out of it and, and, and maybe a difficult thing if you can think of one yeah so I mean I'll probably start by saying like I definitely like it's a big move and like if anyone out there is considering doing it I think it's like definitely kind of take your time with the decision because it was a big decision I think my like first year I did struggle a bit with like the homesickness as well like obviously now I'm like kind of used to it because I've done it for a few years but um the best things are probably you know the people I've met the things I've done being just outside Manhattan like the experiences I've had um the races I've run as well you know and like I've really like enjoyed running for most part I'd say obviously yeah. there's tough times like there's going to be at any time but um but there's like so many positives to it like you get so much exposure to the world as well like I think um yeah, definitely like learning for yourself you know like even going to university and in your own country is a big thing you know like not having your parents cooking you know you've got to clean you've got to do everything for yourself but then on top of that you're in a different country you know so but yeah I think it's like it's been a great experience and if I could if I if I could do it again I'd definitely choose the same path brilliant amazing um just to kind of kind of close off if anybody is curious about anything we've discussed wants to know more perhaps maybe somebody's interested in, in following the same kind of path where are the best places people can reach you social media wise or is it, there's obviously Strava and all that kind of stuff yeah so I mean like I'm definitely pretty active on Strava like I don't tend to like comment much but I don't like I've only just started like really using it so Strava would be one uh, definitely Instagram I think my name is Lachlan.Wellington I might be wrong might changed I think it's that um but then also like Facebook Messenger I use a lot so yeah plenty of places to reach me okay brilliant excellent and what's planned for the rest of the week have you got uh, got some good sessions lined up uh so I actually did a kind of a tempo at the end of my run today like 20 minutes uh, so the rest of the week's just kind of easy running because I'm kind of in my base building phase um okay so just one session a week for the minute. Cool. Good stuff. And um, I, I don't know whether you know, but I always end the show with a couple of recovery run questions. I, I call them that just to kind of tail us out and uh, and end the show in a nice relaxed way. So um, I'm going to gonna fire these off and they're just quick answers. So yep. here we go. Question number one. Favorite current running shoe? Oh, see, I never know the like names of them. I'm not great with the names. I kind of just pick them and run. But I'd probably go with I think the Brooks Ghosts. I think they are Brooks Ghosts. I've heard I've heard those mentioned before. Um, yeah, I, I think, think it's quite, those. Quite a popular shoe. You you do know that on the show that that any non Hoka shoe is the wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But I've already told you how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there. Um, free 10k race meal. What would you what would you eat before before a serious 10k race? 
I'd probably say either pasta or pizza, something Italian or something like carb filled. Like they're probably my two go-tos. Okay, and that's the night before. What would you eat? Would you eat anything directly before? Or would you run on an empty stomach? No, I I definitely like to like I quite like food, so I do like to eat before for the energy thing as well. So I'll normally have like oats for breakfast. Um, say if it's like an evening race, then I'll have something for lunch, maybe like a sandwich or something, or maybe some pasta. Um, and then maybe like a banana a couple of hours before. But I do I don't tend to eat anything within three hours before I, or two hours before I start warming up three hours before the race. Okay. Got it. And, and what would you say is your kind of go-to post-race meal treat? Something, something to treat yourself. Oh, probably definitely a takeaway curry, I'd say. Takeaway curry. <laughs> Any, anything the coaches can't hear? No, <laughs> you don't go to McDonald's or anything. <laughs> they know, they know. Brilliant. Brilliant. How, okay. Have you got a, like a favorite session you like to do that you think helps improve your 5k time a fun Ooh, session okay. something something that you that you enjoy doing yeah so your... I do a lot of threshold tempo work so i wouldn't necessarily say there's like a particular 5k one that i like to do but, but or, which, whichever fa favorite work we'll call it favorite workout then Let's put, you on the, let's put you on the spot. Work. I like doing like uh, I like doing like say five by eight hundred on the track, and then doing some like faster stuff, like maybe like a quick four hundred, a quick three hundred, a quick two hundred. Okay, okay. So 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 your general kind of interval structured stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Can you mention somebody who has inspired you through your running? Um, I know there's a lot you've mentioned already, but maybe maybe one one person you want to you want to pick out in particular, or or maybe something. It could be something else. It could be somebody you've never met who's inspired you. Yeah, so I mean, I'll probably go to like a running book that I read, and it was the uh, Steve Prefontaine book. And I think my coach gave me that book, and I'd never heard of Steve Prefontaine before. Um, and obviously, he had such a big in, impact. So I definitely say like reading his book. Obviously, he's no longer with us, but I think probably him definitely inspired me just his like attitude to training and like what he did i'd say brilliant i don't think we've had that one on yeah excellent thank you so much and i guess lastly i promised you the chance to uh maybe give your kind of final thoughts anything you want to mention that we haven't uh, we haven't covered obviously there's a lot more we could discuss we could sit and chat all day about about running and training yeah. um but maybe like something i always ask my guests you know do you want to add anything about the running community down here or, or just the general running community in Portsmouth and, and over in the US, you know, how, how, do, how running's impacted your life and all the positive stuff it's brought to you. I mean, I think like, I generally don't know what I'd do if I didn't have running, like of what I'd be doing kind of thing. So, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, I, I do love the running community. I think it's very like respectful for the most part, everyone. And it's like, it's nice that everyone knows everyone. It's a great community. Um, But kind of put it back on you a little bit as a conversation um because i always kind of like talk to people about this do you think that the sport's great but there are maybe things that could be better do you think like sports betting gambling would improve the sport or do you think it would make it worse or hinder it i've never had somebody bounce a question back at me at the end before but so this is new <laughs> <laughs> so so the question is would sports betting make it make it better i mean people i guess people do place bets on on athletics already yeah, but I guess, sorry, yeah, but I guess like in the NCA, it's kind of like banned, I should say, like in America. Oh, really? Kind of banned. Yeah, so I should I should have kind of like preempted that. And also, I don't think that people bet on it as much here or there's not as much like there's no like sponsors or anything. Ah, interesting. Would it make it better? I think anything that involves 
people making large amounts of money out of results whether that's a race or anything like that, I, I think is i think personally is a not it can be a not so good thing yeah um okay. i think money like money money and i call it greed it might not be greed you know somebody could go and place a nice nice bet on an athletics meet and and just do it for fun but i think generally when that stuff attracts money and there's large amounts to be won and things like that i think generally bad stuff comes of that i, I don't know yeah. that's just a general feel I'm, I'm not educated enough to make a proper decision on that but no i i mean yeah i think i mean like i'll bounce it back to you then we'll have a little kind of mini chat before we close off yeah prize money for example I mean, I think prize money already, there's money involved and it kind of, you know, it's, it's brought about the the need to dope. You know, you obviously know yeah. about all the doping scandals around the world and various countries, you know, kind of have like government sponsored doping, doping programs, supposedly. So like, what do you, what do you think of that? Is it, is it kind of the same thing? Do you, what, like, what's your opinion on it? Yeah. I mean, I like, I'm very like anti, obviously, like I'd never endorse it. I'm never going to do it myself. Like you know and people that do i think are kind of like cheating the system and i think i do agree with you like i think sport like gambling would improve it in some aspects like the funding at maybe grassroots and stuff but also at the same time you'd get more of that you'd also get more maybe like people throwing races people like favorites like because they know there's a lot of money and maybe someone they know or someone is you know bet a lot of money on them not winning and then they throw the race so i think that's the other side of it so yeah i kind of agree with you i think there's probably more negatives to come than positives yeah yeah the fu the funding side of thing is probably something that you know you've had experience with you know where mm -hmm. where more funding is is better it kind of helps you get into the sport so that's probably like a really good positive thing to take away from but yeah i, ju I just think when there's ways to make money people people are sneaky and that's, yeah. that's kind of like how I would, how I would summarize it. I think uh, there's, there's not really any, I mean, and that's just people being people, you know, it's just, yeah. but it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't take away from the fact that it's running and it can't take away the enjoyment and things. But I think when it comes, when it becomes a business or a way to make money, yeah, there's definitely, definitely evils. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, what a great way to finish. I've, I've never been asked to bounce back a question. So thanks for the, uh, thanks for the opportunity. I, I, maybe I should get somebody to interview me at some point and, and ask me a load of questions. <laughs> definitely. I think it'd be interesting. <laughs> Well, Lachlan, look, th thanks again. Um, you've taken time out of your your very precious holiday to talk about your running. Um, it's really appreciated. Uh, I'm not, you know, I myself, I'm not only really kind of passionate about the running and and the community, but specifically, you know, about the runners in this city. And over the years, I've heard like many different stories from inspiring people who have shared their own kind of accounts of running and how they've started and thing. And I think yours is really unique and interesting in the fact that you've made that decision to go overseas and race and it's a, it's, a, it's a big deal and I look forward to kind of hearing how you get on over the years and look forward to you coming back and and uh, yeah get to South at some point yeah yeah thank you so much for having me on Daniel for sure cool catch up soon take care